Yeah, they're no, they're special. They're very special, and they work great too. Like they, mm, the microphones are, you know, they're staying upright, so I can't complain. <laughs> Some heavy balls, Adam. <laughs> heavy sacks. Indeed. Well, hey everyone, welcome to Rougher and the Hedges podcast. We are back talking with Adam, aka Not Dude, about Hoyos. Part two. Yeah, welcome back, everybody, uh, and thank you, Adam, for joining us for this insane conversation about about Hoyas that is continuing now, and I've got a bunch more questions and stuff to, to cover with you. My pleasure. This has been a joy. Oh, yeah. Well, let's jump right in, shall we? So I think we stopped kind of around talking about trellises, because we were talking about putting a trellis in your hair, and then we were talking about trellising Hoyas, and <laughs> which ones you trellis and which ones you don't. And I had uh, tears in my eyes. Yes. You know, basic kind of standard <laughs> rough around the hedges. Stay like, rough, everybody. Staying extremely rough <laughs> uh, territory. Um, but I kind of wanted to move towards like sun stressing. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> looking at our note, which says preg- pregnant woman should not. <laughs> no, it says sun stressing responsibly. And then I typed pregnant women should not. Thank you. And yeah. Um, so. I mean, how do you know what Hoy is to sunstress? Like, do you just see pictures or how do you know? Like, how can you tell? Um, okay, so can I say something brave yet controversial? Yes. You don't like sunstressing? I do not like mm-hmm. sunstressing. Oh, well, okay. I wouldn't say I don't like it. I do like it on some Hoya, like the sunrise. I think g- gorgeous. Right. Tequila, tequila sunrise. Gorgeous. But like, I'm just not a fan of of forcing it on my Hoya particularly. So I, yeah. Right. Cause I mean, it is in the name itself. You are stressing your plant. Um, and why would you force it to grow like that round? So mean. Right. I guess there are ways of achieving it, um, through led lighting. And I don't know if there's a science or anything behind it about it actually not being as harsh on your plants, but they're still stressing. Like they're still changing color, but they're not as, they're not going through the same stressors as being out in the sun would do um, yeah so adam why don't you why don't you like sun stress well i think part of it is like once i learned about what the sun stress was then i was kind of like well that seems kind of mean which is so dumb because it's a plant <laughs> and it doesn't have like that type of feelings but i also like give that type of feelings to inanimate objects everywhere in my life mm. um such as the human condition <laughs> yeah yeah you're like anthropomorphizing you know, i mean i'm a really glad I'm really glad Toy Story came out when I was an adult because, like, I would have just been like a little a bit uh, weird about my stuffed animals and facing up so they could breathe, kind of thing. Play nice, Sid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, I don't, I don't hate it, and I'm not like the person that was like, "Oh, you shouldn't do it," because I think they are gorgeous. It's just like I don't personally do it because I kind of like the greens, and mm-hmm. while I do love the reds and the oranges and all the different colors it can present, like I still just like the green, you know. I understand. I think I, I can understand that. It, it does though a little bit remind me of like, if you've ever seen like an orchid nursery or an orchid greenhouse. The orchids oftentimes are quite stressed. They'll sun stress them and like add quite a lot of nutrients. And the foliage oftentimes will be looking a little bit yellow, but that's like a, a, a way to keep orchids blooming. 
like for longer periods of times and more consistently. And so I guess it kind of for me just depends because you're right, like the sunrise, I haven't grown the sunrise for very long. I got cuttings from Kaylin's plant recently. Which is from Christine's plant. <laughs> so yeah, we're like cycling. Everything is coming yeah. back to me. <laughs> um, most of my, like a big part of my collection has come from, Hoya collection has come from Christine now and there are Hoyas from Christine all over my house. <laughs> um, but no, I started with the Obscura, which I believe is a, a parent yes. Of, yes. The sun, of the sunrise. But that thing produced some gorgeous sun stressing and that kind of sold me on it i think but the only one that has come close to that since and given i haven't grown nearly as many hoyas as you but um the rebecca i had a hoya Mm -hmm. rebecca that before i i think i sold it but i have cuttings of it now i didn't sell the whole thing but it was gorgeously red and I had it just sun stressed under grow lights, and it was also just blooming all the time. It was blooming to the point of almost being a problem because it was like blooming and then dying and falling into the leca and like just mushing in there, which was an interesting yeah. um, phenomenon, I guess. <laughs> but um, when I'm like looking at new Hoyas or like a new species or something that I haven't seen before, I almost always search such and such Hoya sun stress just to see what it would look like if I were to stress it. 95% of the time, I don't ever put it through sun stress. Um, but I always, like, it's cool. I mean, that's how I got turned on to the Clemencia arm so much because yeah, that thing sun I mean, stresses oh, beautifully. It does. And, you know, another one is the Hoya species Gunangading. Like, that oh, yeah. thing turns bright red. And I, I do think it's gorgeous. It's just, I don't know. I don't know if I'm willing to... Part of it is I also don't know if I'm willing to like change my setup to force that, you right. know, like add another light or blast. But yeah, Do you ever grow I mean, there are some really pretty ones. Do you grow anything outside Arizona? in the summer? No, I don't. Well, I mean, there's some like plumeria I have outside because that grows well here and a Madagascar palm. But I meant for Hoyas. And, just too but bright. no Hoyas. I haven't put any out there just because I'm nervous. Might be too hot to, to make a uh, make try. a sacrifice. <laughs> try it out yeah i do have a friend a local friend and he does grow hoya outside all year round and i'm like i'm proud of him but i I just i don't know i don't like to go out of the house when it's hot so then usually i kind of forget about things that are out there mm, that's fair that is totally but. fair and the gunung gotting isn't that one doesn't that one look really beautiful even without yes. sun stress too like it's got it. glorious <laughs> oh uh, yeah that one's on my wish list so like um next i mean yeah, it's just it's just, just recently has gone crazy next. it's going to be due for it i mean it, i can take that again beautiful thing about hoyas you can cut it a bunch of cutting uh-huh. yes yeah and, and then that's the first people... leaf isn't going to be like weird and small right. like it is with some aeroids you know uh, people yeah. hoard their hoyas and they make them fancy expensive so I don't get the thing. <laughs> no, yeah, I I can see. Yeah, I think I wouldn't really like, for, for just getting back to the sun stressing thing, I wouldn't really like some of, like the Rebecca. I don't think I'd be as interested in growing that one without the red foliage. I think, I've, I mean, I understand like green foliage is, is beautiful. I totally agree. But it's just like, it doesn't have that. It wouldn't have caught my attention and my interest and kept me... Like I wouldn't have kept pieces of it when I sold it if if it couldn't do the red foliage. Yeah, and the way that that one in particular sunrises is just so it's so beautiful. Like, and I'm sure Christine, you know this too. Is like you look at some hoya that are sunstressed, and some of the sunstressing appears very gross. It's like blotchy. So gross. 
it's it's not all over. It almost looks like it just it just doesn't look great. But like the sunrise, the Rebecca, those do look they have gorgeous sunstressing. Yeah, people will like post pictures of their polyneura or their vitilinoides, vitilinoids or something and being like, Why does it look like this? And I'm like, That's its sunstress. It's just an ugly sunstress. Sorry. Give it less light. Yeah. I saw a post on one of the Facebook groups the other day that was like, This is a cadaver red. And someone was like, That's just sunstressing. And she was like, No, this is what, oh. this is the certain plant. And I'm like, Girl, no. Uh. But I'm not, I'm not, I don't have that confidence to be like, You're wrong. But I yeah. really wanted to. I mean, also, like, like, that would be so time consuming to follow people around the internet and be like, No, you're wrong. Like, that's not correct. <laughs> yeah. Like, you'll, well, you'll just become that's exhausted why the internet's really, there. really fast. <laughs> I know, but sometimes I look at the Facebook group and I'm like, oh, that's, don't do that to your, like, don't spray your, (laughs) like, prayer plants with alcohol. That's just a bad idea. They're just going to shrivel up and die. But, um, yeah, like, especially, like, they're going to spray it with alcohol and, like, put it in the sun. Like, don't give someone that advice. Like, (laughs) they're just going to kill that thing. Um, (laughs) But I don't. I just, I zip, I zip it and I'm like, you know what? We all have to learn. I don't want to. I don't want to get involved over there. But I mean, for some people, maybe that's fine. But I kind of. Um, Though that is, you brought up Kadata Sumatra, and that is a beautiful sun stressor too. That is, yeah. I do have mine outside the summer, and it, it looks like fall leaves. It's like red and orange and real dark purple sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like in this conversation, I'm coming around on sun stressing. I'm like, <laughs> okay, maybe I can <laughs> buy some more lights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get two lights per shelf. I feel like um, I have a bunch of really bright panels and I can just like oh yeah I I can share them I would I know I already mentioned her but April from unsolicited plant talks and I mentioned it she's a big Hoya grower but she has one greenhouse and I feel so lucky that I can just like go visit her but she's got her sun stressed greenhouse and that's where she just puts all of the Hoya that she loves to sun stress and it is it is so pretty. Like if if any of the listeners are near California, reach out to Unsolicited Plant Talks. She loves to have people there. It's so it's so beautiful. Yeah, she's on my wish list of like go visit sometime. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Did you field uh, trip? Let's go. Yeah, I would be down We're for in a field California. trip somewhere southern. Um, California. She's like, yes, yeah, so like right on the border. Uh, well, not right on the border, but a little outside of Los Angeles, like an hour and a half, two hours. Let's go to San Diego. Do you do? Oh yeah, think of the name. Did you guys recently have her as a guest on your um, La Sacoya? Was that April or was that somebody else? Yeah, that was April. Okay. Uh, yeah, one of our first guests. She was. Oh, okay. It was after the yeah. Bor- was it? You re- I feel like you had a guest after you did the Borneo because I like started with that one because it was rainforest. Oh, the Ra- the Rachel Collette Connor. Oh yes, that's who it was. I'm getting your. Um, okay. I'm getting Hoya people mixed up in my head. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, but I wanted to ask, like, for one other thing is, do you think the heat, like, because I got the Hoya Caudata Sumatra from Christine, and it's growing outside, but it's been quite hot. And I'm wondering if you know if, like, sometimes the overnight low, like, it was like it barely dropped below 80 by midnight last night and i'm wondering do some of those hoyas do you think it slows them down when it gets that hot Mm, i mean i don't think so i kind of think they probably like it okay i would feel like they would like it more i don't know sure it just seems like um that one's growing slow that that one does go through weird stages of not really growing and then all of a sudden growing for me 
Okay. Um, so I don't know if it's like growth cycle is just different from everything else that we're used to or what, but like right before I put mine outside for the summer, it grew like 12 new leaves and then it's just kind of been like hanging out stagnant. Um, yeah, sometimes it's weird with Hoya, but you'll you'll f- you'll find that they grow a lot more in like the the winter time. Right. Mm. Yeah, I know my carnosa just, and I've heard you using the term heirloom carnosa and in your pot in your Let's Talk Hoya podcast. And I don't. Mm-hmm. How do you know what's an heirloom carnosa? Usually, just means it's old as fuck. Yeah, and passed down. So like, yeah. uh, I know people sell cuttings, and they think that those cuttings should be worth more because they put heirloom carnosa on there. And like, mm. I'm a big like if if it's worth it to you, then spend that money. But that. That doesn't make something more expensive or rare. Well, maybe a little rare, but yeah, my heirloom Cardosa came from like my stepmother who, I mean, it's clearly been around for years and years. So that's, that's why I call it that. Yeah. I mean, I got my Carnosa from my mom, from Mm -hmm. a cutting from my mom. So I miss, and she said she's been growing it for years and years. So she doesn't know where she got it. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and call it an heirloom Carnosa. I just wanted to check my terminology. Yeah. I, I do think, again, there might be some science behind it, too, um, with some of those older Carnosas that they haven't gone through. Like, they they actually, maybe, I don't know, I have to look at yours, that they actually look a little different um, because they haven't gone through the genetic gene pool, whatever, cuttings and crap like that. Just cloning, like yeah. mass cloning. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know if, are there people out there, like, hybridizing Hoyas? This yes. is, that was just a spur of the moment that oh I'm sure gosh. there are, but like all the yes, time. I've been trying. I've been trying so hard really? to do it yeah, too. You start finding like, it's all just like numbers because people are just like, I, yeah, hybridizing stuff. Oh. Um, yeah. Like if you like the Hoya AH074, that was a hybridized Hoya from um, Aloha Hoya. Um, like just. Someone locally here yeah. just made a new Lacanosa that she's her hybrid Lacanosa. I'll have to look. It's Angie. Do you know Angie in the Hoya group? Yeah, I guess I never even thought about it until right now. But since they bloom so much, I would only... It's like Anthurium. Like, they bloom easily in household conditions. So it kind of makes sense that you get a bunch of hobbyists trying to hybrid. And But they're so, so difficult to mm-hmm. pollinate. Why? And the people who have figured it out have, like, lock and key, kept that under lock and key. Really? Um, it's weird because, like, at, in the wild, moth is just, like, flying around hot on flowers and pollinates it. But we can't do that crap in our house. But so we need a bunch the, of moths. Or the, moths. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the pollinarium is, like, very tiny, like, very, very hard to see. But then it also has to slide into a very specific spot in the flower. Yeah. I It's, it's, it's funny that you brought that up because literally one of, like, my my questions that I was like, oh, if we have time, I would love to ask you about is what type of insects pollinate hoyas in nature. Um, so it's it's cool that you brought that up right away. But um, it's is it because they're like moths are nighttime, they're they're nocturnal, mm-hmm. and hoyas kind of like re, re, I feel like they're more fragrant at night. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I think that's that's probably a relation there and then moths also have like a certain kind of like hook on the end of their um legs that mm. kind of hooks onto the pollinarium or the, the thing in between the pollinarium i can't think of what it's called right now and that kind of slides the pollinarium out and then as it's walking around it just deposits it in the guide rail but 
I can't do that with Whoa. my microscope. That's, it's awesome that you know like that much about about. You'll just start breeding moths yeah. to go along with your Hoya, so you can. Yeah. Just, it, yeah. it, you'll you'll start running a thriving moth business, an insectary, <laughs> so that people can start. It'll be the new jumping spider craze. Can, Everyone will be going after moths, uh-huh. right? And you know, it'll be like you you want to um, be a hobby grower and like hybridize your own Hoyas, then like buy my moths. Yeah. Buy my moths. They are specifically trained <laughs> to go in. Selected. An intensive, an intensive training process. <laughs> oh man, oh, that's awesome. I, I mean, like, we have a question here that I don't even understand. <laughs> um, well, what the fuck is a peduncle? Tips to avoiding <laughs> blasting. Oh. What is blasting? Ah, do you use that term over there in uh, Arizona? <laughs> Adam. <laughs> oh, oh, over the yes, yeah, we do. <laughs> uh, so, have you ever had it, Adam W., where your Hoya is has put out uh, a penduncle, which is where the flowers will come from, and they start to grow their blooms, and they haven't quite opened, and then all of a sudden they all drop. I feel like that's happened, but it doesn't happen very often. That's what we call oh. blasting. Oh, where you, it's you know it's a tease. It's, it's going to get there. Blasting. Yeah, it, it's going it, to bloom, but then all of a sudden it just blows everything. It happens <laughs> it way more often with the leaves. Like way, way more often where it's like oh, it's going to put out a new leaf, and then like and then it drops a week later it's like yellow and the leaf is falls off, and I'm so sad. I would check for flat mites. So sad. Yeah, I was going to say that. Check Could for flat mites. mites. Yeah, I do treat <laughs> yeah. everything, but Ooh. what if the Hoya dried out just a little bit too much? And the week that before? might be. There might be two. Is that like sun. the only explanation? It's just like if no. it, if a leaf if the leaf terminates before it can get going, is that is it is it mites? Is that like that's the answer? That's something to think of no. for sure. But I mean, for me, like if my stuff is starting to get too close to the grow lights, they're getting way too much light and they're just frying sometimes, okay. and that happens. Um, but we're talking penduncles. Yeah. yeah. Oh. But yeah. So just about I mean. <laughs> Well, we're back to peduncles, all right? <laughs> so uh, I no. guess as there, so that's what blasting is, is when, you know, you're so excited because your Hoya's finally bloomed, even though you've had it for years. It's just finally doing it. But then it, all the flowers just drop off and you don't even actually get to see them open up. Um, do you have any good tips and tricks on how to avoid that? I always hear stay wetter with your Hoyas while they're doing that and fertilize more. Well, of course, like, yeah, with any plant you want to, give it the nutrients available to encourage and produce a flower. So that would be smart to either up like your, I mean, for us to grow in hydroponics, it's really easy to do this kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. like your grow nutrient. Um, I have heard that like um, a fertilizer higher in sulfur is good for a Hoya to bloom. I don't, I just read that in an old journal back when they would do journals and newsletters. Uh, but my biggest thing is just to not change any conditions while it's happening. And so you're right. Keep it, like, don't let it dry out, dry out. Although I let all my Hoya dry out, like usually, um, if I see something budding up, I'll just make sure I, I'm a little more, uh, watchful of that to not let it fully dry out, like for multiple days kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think that really helps preventing like bud blast. That's good. That's good info. Like I have never even thought about that. But like, especially, I can see, especially if you're growing a Hoya, like a new type of Hoya, then you've never seen it bloom or like it's a Hoya that's really difficult to get to bloom. You, why you'd want to like step up your like diligence in, if you see it preparing, you you don't want to do anything to mess that up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or maybe it was phosphorus. I'm trying to think of what 
But I think it's the second number of it. You know, your our fertilizers. Yeah, it would be nitrogen, phosphorus, phosphorus and then phosphate or potash. Okay, so I would I would say like I have heard that if you have a fertilizer that has the higher second number, mm-hmm. that is is good for blooming. It's a myth. But yeah, I don't I mean I don't know for sure. <laughs> the higher it doesn't. It's b- bullshit. It is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it helps, but it's not the end all be all. And there's usually enough in the soil that the plants don't need extra. So you're just and like if you get too much in the soil, it's just not going to do anything, and it's going to have an opposite effect. Yeah, because the plant it's can't a, break it, it down and use it. So you're like toxic. It's like toxic in the soil or something. Yeah, I mean, for me and for Christine and, and Adam, we, when we grow hydrogen, because I'm guessing you, Caitlin, are just full on soil. No, I have some well, lecum. You said it, okay. But like for me, balancing the pH of the nutrient solution is my like I will die on that hill. Ooh, I will I do, Christine that. and I do that too. No, I don't. Oh, you're because your pH and your water is good. Well, Adam well, I, tries to. I mean, I try to. No, Adam he does. Put, he just puts two drops in there. <laughs> which I which I do because I tested it and that gets me in the correct pH range. Yeah, so like once you do it once, it's pretty easy to continue to do it. Like, you know, I don't have to put any drops in mine because when I mix all my stuff together, it's exactly where I need it to be, which I'm really grateful for. Yeah, that's where I'm at too. Um, I'm happy that I don't have to yeah. worry about it. It should be like between five and six or so on five a pH to scale. 6.5, I think, something like that. Yeah. yeah, I usually shoot for five because as obviously as it sits in the pot, it, it climbs up higher on the scale. Mm-hmm. So really? it kind of captures all of the all of the different levels at which nutrients can be taken by your plant. But then there's also like electrical conductivity that I don't really get too much into because at least at the very least, just balance your pH if you're growing hydroponically. Like, I promise you, you will see difference. And if you have an allocation on soil, it works too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, but, I was going to say, I know the pH balance is important with gardening too. Like just understanding your soil composition, you can be like, why does this, you know, uh, sun, like why are these sunflowers not blooming? Why are these flocks not blooming? And it's like, you can actually get your soil tested and realize like, oh, the it's way too basic like it's way too yeah. high on the on the scale so and that's like the point of gardening is to get flowers because that's where the fruit and the vegetables come from or the fruit of the plant so i think that probably with soil too it's really important but i i just don't have a lot of experience and have never tested soil for like ph um right yeah it's much yeah. easier it's much more straightforward when you're doing water yeah when you're yeah. growing hydroponically yeah and I guess we we should cover some pests, like common pests for Hoyas, too, because I had never even heard of flat mites. Like, that was not a thing that I ever came across until I started growing Hoyas. And then someone was like, hey, it could be flat mites. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> what the heck is that? Yeah. So can you just tell us yeah. a little bit, like, what what is flat mites? Yeah, I mean, flat mites are... It's a relatively newer pest to the minds of like people in the U.S., but it's been a pest that's been around for ages, and especially orchid growers have dealt with it too. They also call them false spider mites. I think the Swedish Hoya people call them top shoot mites, basically meaning they they only go for the top, like the new growth. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, which is true, um, but. It was just difficult to find because I, I had found him on my Hoya in like 2020. I was doing a Macro Monday for Instagram. And I was like, what is this red dot? 
And I was like, why is it crawling? But ah. I only could barely see it in my macro lens. And then as I got like more information, I was like, I knew that it was bad because it was really doing bad stuff to my Hoya, but I couldn't figure out how to rid my Hoya of them. Um, but yeah, they're, they're just very microscopic. Like if you, you will not see them unless you have a microscope. So I hate that. Uh, I hate that because people yeah. said the same way. Well, so the litmus test is always like if you poke it and it moves, you're like, okay, deal with that because that's how you know it's probably something you don't really want on mm. your on your plants like that's how you can tell the difference between a thrips and a speck of dust you know because like yeah the dust probably won't be crawling um but flat mites do have some pretty they leave some pretty telltale signs that they're there um, yeah like a heavy infestation yeah the, so like on the back of your leaves you'll see uh it's like it's like gray almost build up yeah um and it's just that's like kind of your first sign of Hey, maybe I should be checking out. Does it like make the leaves emerge like kind of mutated and warped? Yeah, they'll be a little wrinkly, wrinkly. But I mean, they can be that way with other things too. But yeah, they do get a little wrinkly, a little wonky. And the the stuff that Christine was talking about, like it kind of looks like oatmeal to me almost. But it's like oh, yeah. scarring on the the back of the leaves. Yeah, and, and then, you know, in like twenty in twenty twenty, we're all swapping plants, and everyone's like, "Oh, that's just environmental stress, not right. like." Uh, not knowing no you're we were just all passing around clement amounts to everyone right and then like another one is and then again this is like severe infestation is because they'll they go for the new growth so your hoya will keep dying off it's like runner and then or killing off its runner and then it'll try and grow again and that'll kill off again so your your hoya will be like super nubby, nubby. like you'll see all these yeah. like attempts to grow and then they've been killed off by the like it's trying to grow and then it back buds and it dies off back buds try to grow dies off back buds and, and it's like the mites eating thing. it yeah Ugh. you know yeah, you just see like a not it's like naughty it would just it's just so it's kind of gross but it's like it's warty naughty. growth mm-hmm. um okay so you know what it always freaks me out when there are like when you're dealing with pests that you can't see yeah you know it's like that's scary to me because and i think that's why people freak out about flat mites and broad mites but like because they're the ones you can't see and yeah they're not like no pest is really a you know nail in the coffin. You're done as soon as you get it. But they are a little harder too. Do they spread quickly? No, they don't fly, right? So that I mean, no. I mean, I think they would spread quickly if you just didn't know you had them. So yeah, like they do. They could, but it's not. Yeah, it's, it's not, not like, like a thrift situation. Thrips. It's not like spider mites where they million. can float on webs and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Huh. And there, um, are, and you know. A good blast of water and a little scrub with a soft bristle toothbrush is it's usually enough to do the trick. But their life cycle is just so long and that's why it's yeah. been such a detrimental pest because if you treat for it, it's like, you know, eight weeks at least hmm. for treatment. And if I'm doing like if I'm doing like pr- proactive treatments with like if I'm cycling between like Captain Jack's insecticidal soap and neem or Azamax. That won't kill them. Um, that, no. that, none of those. No, from what I've heard, you sulfur is the best, like, quote unquote, chemical to use on okay. them. Um, and then your Benny bugs. And you don't want to mix, this is a FYI for everybody listening, you don't want to mix sulfur with oils, any right. type of oil pesticide, because that can mess shit up. And I would also just like to say, like, if you're going to be using these types of things, like, uh, it's just always best to wear protection. Yeah. 
eye gear, gloves, arm covers, masks, and do it outside. Yep. So, uh, like, you'll want to be spraying it above your head and then inhaling deeply. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe right you can just and- drink it. <laughs> Uh, no, that is excellent. Excellent advice. Those, don't inhale it. Try to minimize skin contact. Um, yeah. Don't do it where there's like where you have animals, small animals or children. It's not good to be. Yeah. But to. I have to be honest, like I uh, sometimes the beneficial bug community feels a little cultish. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> but I, I do appreciate it. I do use them. Uh, uh, but I have at once I knocked the population down of flat mites. I basically just give my plants a bath every time I flush them. So yeah. I spray them with like a hard blast of water all over the leaves, I flush them, and then let them sit on a table to dry. And honestly, that's like the best pest prevention you could probably do. Sure. Clean. That's, that's like easiest. Yeah. And I then like, release beneficial bugs if you want to. But you Yeah, know. I really like that. And it's so, so you found that just like a blast of water is more like just kind of proactively cleaning the plant itself and cleaning the foliage, keeping it free of dust and such is better than like sulfur. Well, again, like, yeah, I think long-term sulfur I used to knock down the population and I was just like in a really bad spot with them when I discovered that literally like everything had it. Um, And so that's what I needed to do at that time. I don't know if I would do that now. Like if I had a plant that came with flat mites, I wouldn't probably treat it with a chemical. I'm not opposed to it. So I'm not trying to make anyone feel a certain way, but I would probably just blast it with some water in my sink and use a soft bristle toothbrush, scrub down the stems and the nodes. And um, that's that. Okay. And just keep an eye on it. I would keep it quarantined. So maybe, maybe if you're bringing in new Hoyas, would you just recommend like maybe as a, protocol to kind of just spray them off really well and keep it separate for like a couple of weeks before you're yeah. introducing it but then keep i would i would buy a microscope and just keep checking because everything goes on the microscope that comes into this house <laughs> i really want to get a microscope we'll not be doing that again <laughs> i don't want a microscope but i want the jewelers glasses people buy the jewelers loop. like lens amplify yeah oh yeah i have i did like I could see it with a ten times my um, magnifying glass, but you you could barely see. Like oh, I only cool. saw it because yeah, I only saw them small. because they sparkle like a orangish color in light. So when I was taking that macro shot, it was getting direct sun, and I saw like the sparkling of orange, and I was like, well, "What's that about?" So yeah, yeah, yeah one of the methods that I will use sometimes is at night, just go in with a flashlight. And this is for just pest identification in general. And I, I discovered it by accident because like, I like looking at my plant so much that I'll randomly go into my plant room after the grow lights are off and I'll be like, I want to check the growth and I'll pull out a flashlight and just start like poking around. (laughs) But, um, but that's how I did. Like, that's a really good way to see pests because you can like, you've got the light source and you can shine it from different angles and start to identify stuff. But obviously you would need magnification for, if you're, if we're talking about flat mites. Um, yeah. And broad mites, those two. I mean, they're just, in, they're impossible to see. Oh, that's scary. I don't know. That scares me. Yeah. But um, Fortunately, I, those are like, I guess the two worst okay. to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, any other pests that I've found on Hoyas have been mealies, which 
Adam's never had mealies, so he can't speak on this. And, and she's talking to me for people that are listening. <laughs> Adam W. <laughs> she wouldn't talk that s- with that amount of sass, probably, <laughs> Just about our guest. <laughs> no, but see, that's what I appreciate. I like the sass. Like yeah. That's my love language. Uh, sarcasm. Yeah, so mealies. But I have never had mealies either, but I do. <laughs> that's like the I one have, I have to fight with all the time on my Hoyas. Or is mealies. it? See, yeah. Everyone always says that, but I do and have battled root mealies, which are completely oh, separate. But yep. I would also, I would like to venture to say that I think that's probably the worst. Yes. I, I have just, I've only had it once and it was on my fungi. And thank God it was a success story. Basically went in and ripped all the roots off of it. It went down to like a third of its roots, but it came yeah, back. Yeah. I think um, at a certain point with that, if it, I'd just be like, okay, I'm just taking cuttings and. I'm going to say goodbye I took, to this I took system. my like emergency cuttings, like if this, I lose the Smart. whole plant, but I'm very attached to that fungi because the leaves are hand size. Yeah. Yeah, um, gorgeous. So I was, I was really trying to hold on to it. And um, I mean, that's basically what you have to do. You have to restart them or you have to, you just have to like completely cut all the roots off and yeah. just restart it, which I have done with my Hoya, like some that have been quite large. Um, but I've also done... Uh, pure crop one which is like this newish sort of i don't want to say insecticide because it's natural but that actually seems to be killing them mm. Mm. It's, so i just do f- flushes with that oh yeah i mean and it is interesting to note that there are ways to use both use beneficial bugs and certain types of topical treatments and organic pesticides in tandem like mm-hmm. in you just have to do your research yeah. um, and and figure out what kind of like integrated pest management you can you can use. Um, but no root mealies. I've never had root mealies, and I think the thing for me with mealy bugs is they they suck to deal with, but they're slow. Yeah, they're like the thrips are more of a threat to me because I can find them and treat that and get rid of them, but by the time I do that, they've found one that I forgot to treat. And so that can be like those faster moving, faster. um, Have you found thrips on your Hoya? Not on my Hoya, but I've had just a little bit of thrips pressure over the summer on different things on mostly, mostly aeroids. But um, yeah, that's, that's the thing with mealybugs is like, okay, they're not going to be like quickly flying from plant to plant so i, can I was gonna say the one that is the fast one and is more annoying than mealies is aphids i can't stand them wow they're, they're just gross to look at yeah. <laughs> and it's it's a but if you see one you easy see, to there's take. a million of them somewhere else yeah yeah but yeah it's very easy to get I, rid of or i guess kill at see, least blast of water. See them at yeah. least yeah. um yeah so okay so that kind of covers i think a little bit of the the pest pressures that you're going to probably be dealing with once you start collecting Hoyas, especially a lot of Hoyas, you'll likely see, do you think it's likely that you'll see those mites once you get like 50? Oh, for sure. I bought Hoya for online from like, Oh, I would say a person that sells in a national Facebook group weekly and they had flat mites and I just kindly let them know like, Hey, like I don't want anything. I don't want a refund. Like I know how to handle this, but I just want to let you know, and they were like, oh, yeah, it's so hard to keep them clean. And then, like, the next day there was another purge posted. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> not so if you have a Hoya that's not growing, um, check it. Blasting leaves. <laughs> if you put a microscope up to that baby, you'll probably see them. I mean, go. and 
your Hoya can grow with them on there. Yeah. Because mine did. I'm, I had a lot of growth on my Hoya that were infested with flat mites, but sometimes it just, it doesn't, you know? So it's weird. Yeah. I mean, there's always that truth of like, if you've got a plant that's really healthy and pushing growth, sometimes the pests just slow it down a little bit. They're not enough to like take it, take it out. Just good. I mean, just good reason not to panic. Like just incorporate good protocols into your treatment, like into your watering days, basically. Okay. Do you, either of you guys have any other questions you want to cover? Christine, was it aphids that explode if you get them wet? Yes. The little yellow ones. Mm-hmm. They explode. Wait, Wait if you get them wet, they sunrise. explode? Yeah, I had seen that like on a TikTok, but it was a garden Fun. garden one, and they were like, hey, aphids, the pressure of water is so strong, it's strong enough to just like literally explode them. Um, so blasting them with a hose is usually enough to help but you combat have to do them. But multiple, 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 yes, multiple, you have to stay on multiple, top of it. multiple times. Otherwise, yeah. they'll just keep coming they back to December. That was a lot of multiples. Ask me how I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have a fun question for Adam yeah. B. Do you, what is like on your wish list right now? What is a Hoya you don't have that you really want? Oh, you know what? I'm trying to get like a collective together to pool money for this, but the the Hoya Crassopediolatia, Crassopediolatia, well, whatever. I have a hard time <laughs> saying that one. Intervarigated oh. is just. Uh, it's so gorgeous, but it's so much money right now, and there's no oh, way I would yeah. ever spend that. I just like the splash version. That one's been on my wish list. The Gunungadding and the Crassiopetiolata, Crassopetiolata splash. Those two, I've I've seen pictures of, and I was like, oh. I have the regular Crassiopetiolata, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I'll, I'll send you. I'll right? send you a. I'll send you a splash. Ooh. And that, but you have to share it. Yes, of course. Guess, we always share. We always do. We ha- we're gonna make a. T- okay. We should send you the picture of the T-shirt that we're we're getting ready to print. Where Christine is is spearheading the T-shirt um, effort here, but it's uh it's gonna be when we go to plant swaps together, we can all match, and they're gonna say, if you a can, trade with one of us is a trade with all of us. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's cute. I did your your um plant swap episode was really was really nice and I think it's great. And your guys' swap seemed to go really well last weekend. I Except did. for the guy on the Facebook group who came in the day of the swap <laughs> and was like, I really don't like I don't agree with this format. I don't agree that you're making the trades have to be agreed upon by each party. He's like, before COVID, plant swaps happened where everyone brings their stuff and puts it on the table, and then you just get to take out ever many things you brought. I'm like, uh-huh. That is the and worst way to do a plant swap. What, ex- what, what expensive plants are you going to walk away with that you didn't bring anything expensive to put on the table, sir? Yeah. <laughs> so I told him he could plan the next plant swap, and then an invisible... Little finger emoji. <laughs> That's right. So you guys have a good thing going on, and it's kind of the same with my friends here in town. Like we're Ahoya people, so like if I see a cutting that's like three hundred dollars, we'll split it in three, mm-hmm. and I'll grow it, and then share it, and then boom, we each got the plant. So instead of like investing, so that's kind of what I want to do with the Crassy Intervarigated because uh, it's like it's ridiculously priced. But I was like, well, if I got ten people to give me money. <laughs> And I grew it out because it grows so fast. I was like, you know, it doesn't hurt as bad. Yeah, I think our group here is way more long game. We're like, it'll eventually come down. And then one of us will buy it for 50 mm-hmm. bucks and then we'll share. And we kind of all will keep our, <laughs> our eyes open for a good deal. And right. then it kind of... Or someone to, will trade with someone who will trade yeah. with someone who will trade yeah. with someone. Get it. But also, yeah. you know, long game as in if I get it in five years, that's fine. Yeah. 
I don't need it now. Yeah. Because I have I'm too many other plants. Well, it's like you wanted sigillatus for so long. Yeah. And then, and then I just traded it this last weekend. So I've got one now. Yeah, Christine's like, I don't really want it that bad. She gets it. I'm like, damn. <laughs> I want it because of the pink. Yeah. I mean, I'm that way too, because I think unicorn chasing is just a whole stressful thing on its own in and of itself. Like, I don't know if I would even have the mental capacity to be that kind of person. And then you have things like the outer variegated polyneuro that was like $1,500 a cutting. And then like a month later, it was like $300 a cutting and then just kept dropping. So well, now like, the Whoa. inner variegated's out and that's the, you know, hot bitch in town. So it's, just, it's yeah. crazy how many like, like there, it seems like there's a variegated version of everything. everything. That's yeah. And I know. And right now, really like I was saying, the, the ghost slash silver is yeah. like the huge thing. Yeah. People coming out with all of these. It's like where do they, where do they keep coming from? <laughs> like, Those people that can hybrid them. Yeah, yeah I suppose. Or like <laughs> the, there is, I think some some of the nurseries in China have figured something out yeah. because they are getting a lot of variegated clones. <laughs> Ooh. And I kind of just wish I knew somebody with an x-ray machine because I just feel like that <laughs> would do something. <laughs> just like you, you're not okay sun stressing your Hoyas with natural solar radiation, but you're fine. Some good old regular radiation. <laughs> you're fine just exposing <laughs> them to give high me, levels of dangerous radiation. If it can give me a variegated. Well, my like, mom, part of me is like, oh, I need to go to the dentist and I'll just shove a cutting in my mouth. And be like, my mom oh, teaches vet medicine, so uh, she's got many an x-ray machine that we can just... Girl, try What, what do you want me to do? Let's try and see what we, we can get. Mom, I'll bring you another Stramantha if you yeah. take these Hoya cuttings <laughs> to work. <laughs> we, the, we the new China. Yeah. Well, and that's... Because, the, like... The, oh, sorry. sorry, the... the Oh, my God. The Hoya head, Angie... She goes out of country a lot and she comes back in and she'll be like, I am the only person in the U.S. that has this right now. And I will yeah. like, like, and sometimes she's like, I can't, I'm not allowed to sell it yet. But then she's like, hey, this is the first time this is coming up for sale right now. Mm-hmm. So she's way too. So she's doing that cool here. School. Yeah. And it's is crazy Angie stuff. Plant Mama 85. Maybe. On Instagram. Maybe. Look. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back to China so I can like investigate that. I have to be like. Like incognito, do I have to be like yeah. that? That sounds kind of dangerous. I could just disappear for something like that. How you get disappeared? You probably could, yeah. But put, put on your cute little your cute little explorer hat and your like zip off pants. And oh your yeah, glasses. Yeah, I mean you yeah. you've got me down to a science. That's kind of like my travel outfit that just I take I with me everywhere I go. Yeah. I stuff you. I, <laughs> just kidding. I would not go anywhere without my zip-off pants. I mean, I don't know how we're talking about this in a Hoya episode, but it's the truth. Um, no, she is not plant mama. She okay. is la gardenista. Angie Mercedes. Okay. Oh. So there, there's crazier things happening out there. Oh like, yeah, the Hoya uh, market's weird. Yeah, I was thinking more specifically like like this the uh, spiritus sancti mm. uh, craze, and then like. Now there's just variegated spirit of sancties out there, and I'm just like, what, dude? What's <laughs> going on? With yeah, the I don't know. Well, I mean, the two big hybrids are cultivars of like a variegated carnosa, the rubra, mm-hmm. and um, tricolor are, are those the ones? actual recognized cultivar names. Okay. But those were done by this gentleman named Cobia, and there is there was an article published that like it was done by uh radiation oh wow. and that's how that that came through so that's why i was wow. like oh interesting because i because I, I think something like an x-ray like blasts through genetic the dna and like breaks it up and then oh. when it tries to come back together it might not match up it's perfectly and that's, yeah 
It's like probably just increasing the probability of mutating, like one of your clones. I would think. I'm yeah. sh- down to try it. Christine's down to try. Give me a species. It. I'll take like a fifty <laughs> cuttings of it. Put them in a box. We'll throw them through the X-ray and see different what different levels of. We'll just yeah. take them apart. Put them across different levels of. Put them under different levels of. Yeah, radiation. what's one we haven't seen yet? The first to. I'm trying to think. It. We can we can create a um, variegated. Oh, uh, do it, Gunungadding. Uh, that's what so I was big. just kind of thinking. <laughs> do the GG or a Clostophylla or is is Clementiorum? Could Whoa. you imagine? I've only got the one leaf, so I'm gonna wait a while for that yeah. one. Are, <laughs> do you guys know if Hoya variegation is like essentially different than the like chimeric variegation that occurs in Monsteras and Philodendron, like a pink princess? Is it like? Is it just a totally different thing, or is it like kind of the same thing that's happening with the mutate with the mutation? Oh, I don't know. I guess are you asking is the variegation the lack of chlorophyll or? Well, that we we know. Yeah, like if it's white, it doesn't doesn't have chlorophyll. But, but the like, fact that variegation is pretty much always the same, like it's got the it's same pattern. It's kind of the same the pattern on every single leaf. Yeah. Not always though. Not always. Like the, some of those inner variegated ones have kind of different patterns, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, there. I mean, there are. There are. They do vary widely, and they can revert. Is that know. correct? Yes, okay. they can. Okay. I kind of love when I have a variegated plant put out like a non-variegated vine, and I have them just both side by side. It's like it's healing my Gemini heart. Yeah, I do have like two <laughs> strands of that husk that are just full green that I like the combo. My white yeti is two yeah. different colors in one pot. Yeah, I think mine's doing that too. And then I have that like plain green. Uh, Hoya, uh, what is that one? It used to be... Oh, the latifolia that used to be macrophylla. Yes, yeah. yes. I have just like the plain green one of that, and it's really beautiful. I do love that one. Um, but yeah, I kind of was curious about this, like, the the beast of variegation. Like, is it the same kind of beast? Like, because the pink princess is like, oh, that thing goes all pink, and you're done. Or mm. same with the Albo Monstera. is like, if it goes all white, you're going to have to cut it and try to, like, keep your fingers crossed that it's going to cooperate. I don't think it's as much of a stressor with Hoya because, like, my Crimson Queen would be full-on white we- leaves. Leaves. Full-on white leaves. Mm-hmm. And it vines. wasn't really a problem? No. Okay. It just kept going. And it's got so many growth points. So. Yeah. Yeah, like, I think that's the difference is there's just so many ways for it to grow. Like, I have a couple variegated, like, my Asami, my Lacanosa Asami clone 2 has a completely white vine. And mm-hmm. it's still been white for, like, months, you know? Uh, it's just because it's got so much more green foliage supporting it yeah i think it's it's got a lot more sources of chlorophyll from other places right. and then one other technical question i just thought of also and i'm sorry we're, we're stretching this out but i really we did talk about this and i think we kind of covered it in the chat but for people that aren't in the discord um we were talking about in our propagation episode hoya propagation and mm-hmm. the like where from where on the hoya can it grow a new Hoya and we were like it was a little bit we were confused because Hoyas can seemingly put out roots from like all kinds of different parts but not necessarily new vines or new leaves so is that the truth yeah yeah a new vine will always come from a node um, or like part of a node because you know the carry eye thing that you guys Mm -hmm. mentioned earlier with the heart shaped leaves like some of those do actually grow a plant but that's mostly because there was part of a node attached to the leaf like it it might just have to be like a minute thing yeah 
Um, and I think that's few and far between, but yeah, the, the new vine will start at a node, but it will root like literally Hoya will root along any part of the stem out of the, the healed over cut. Like that's just everywhere. Okay. And yeah, I was, there's one other part of that where it's like, can you have a spent node? Can you have a Hoya? Like once it sprouts from that node, if you were to cut it right there, could it sprout again? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. there's no, I don't think there is a thing as spent nodes in Hoya. Like my heirloom carnosa is one, if you boil it down, it's one stem. Okay. So like it, it is all, it like, and all of my, most of my other Hoya just started off as, as two leaf, one node cutting. Mm -hmm. So the base of all of them is just one stem um, that has just like branched out like crazy. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I'm going to keep all those Snow Queen cuttings that just still haven't sprouted and maybe maybe someday. Hope for the best. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they have flat mites. <laughs> maybe they do. Oh, now, I'm, like, now I'm afraid. Now I'm afraid. Okay. We'll take okay. a look. I know ignorance is bliss, but yeah. It, it, just, and that's just, the, it's totally the truth. Anytime you talk to someone that has never had pests, they're like, I don't get thrips. Like, I don't get, and they're like, but they have thrips and they yeah. just don't know how to recognize it or something like that. Oh my gosh. That's a whole yeah. tangent. I could go and on. I, I refuse to be that ignorant about <laughs> flat mites. So I'm going to just go ahead and assume that I have them and I'm going to go the, blast the heck out of those. All my hoys. Yeah. I'm just going to blast them. <laughs> well, now it's time for plant of the week. Adam, thank you. Your plant of the week. Which Adam? Both of you, but we know yours is Brevermosa, so it I'm obviously isn't. talking to the other Adam. It's going to be something different this week. I was thinking that my plant of the week is going to be my Dioscorea elephanti beds. Whoa. I don't even know what Dioscorea that is. It's a codex like plant. It is it's a codex plant. It looks like an elephant foot, like a, like a little wooden rock, and then it has these like oh. really deep cracks in it those things. as it gets more mature. And then it's dormant oh, like for a half turtle the year. Shell. Yes, it, is it puts gnarly. out these tiny, thin-ass little vines, and mine is going crazy right now. <laughs> I was like, these tiny little leaves. <laughs> is it my stupid little makeshift trellis says I didn't get to the store and buy a pretty trellis. Um, but my my friend Mackie grew it from seed. Nice. Yeah, so oh. I'm happy to grow this little guy, and he looks so cool. I need oh. to do more trading with Mackie because apparently. You guys are growing really cool plants. You're missing like out. Like all of you. <laughs> You're and, missing out. And I, I, I'm missing out. Mm-hmm. But Christine? Uh, my plant of the week, I've already posted it in the Discord, is oh. my Florida ghost that is... Oh, yeah. Did you cut that already? You I did. did I cut it. I planted it. Uh, I'm hoping that it stays looking as magnificent as it currently does. Christine almost gave up on it. I almost gave up on it. I've had that thing for almost two years, and I think, honestly, like within the last six months is when it's finally started to look like a Florida ghost. Fantastic. Uh, that's so awesome. Is it, is it, wait, is it now under brighter light or? It's always been under the same conditions. Okay. It just finally was like, okay, I trust yeah. you. I'll grow. Yeah. <laughs> mine took a while to get and after its top cut too. Yeah. Mine likes to stay white. It doesn't like harden off into a darker green. It just stays light. Oh so man. How love does it. it photosynthesize? Oh, it's not a true white. It's, it's staying super minty, I guess. Back minty. when they would say Florida ghost mint, that's what you would call it. But we have then since learned that they are actually the same plant and that's not uh, a thing. Yeah. I don't think that's a difference. Yeah. It's a marketing thing. Yep. Um, Adam, you got a plant. You ha currently have a plant of the week for us. I do. I'm, I was trying to sorry. My dog was barking. So okay. I, good. I'm really sorry for editing Christine. Um, <laughs> we keep it but, in. We I keep mean, it organic. Yeah, and natural. We're, we're, we're all about it. <laughs> okay. 
Um, my Hoya Elliptica. I love that Hoya so much. And it is blooming right now. And the blooms look a little weird when they're starting because they kind of look like molars. But yeah, that's my plant <laughs> of the week. Those have like an, do those kind of have like an orangey colored bloom? Are they more orangish? Um, no, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty white, except like the Corona has like a, a pink, like it's red, it's like red. a red target. Okay. The Corona is the, like the center part of the. Yeah. That's the center star. Oh. And it smells like unscented lotion, which I love. So. <laughs> what? Oh, scented lotion is the worst. No, he said unscented. Right. I know. I'm oh. telling you scented lotion <laughs> yeah. is the worst. But you know, Synthetic you know, fragrances <laughs> suck. Generally. You know, unscented lotion still kind of has a scent and it oh. smells mm-hmm. just like that. And I love wow. it. Wow. Oh, now I want to go like smell some unscented lotion. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm wondering if we should have done Hoyas as our plan of the week. I know. I was like, <laughs> well, and I kind of mentioned my vitilinoides earlier. I already Wait. said my plan of the week is my polyneura. Or was we that? We went around in a circle. Wait, was that our plant of the week? Not officially. Oh. But that could be our Hoya version. <laughs> our favorite Hoya right now, I think, Which was the question. obviously would be Plant of the Week. Um, we no, I mean, Hoyas. I can, I've got one in mind, but it's not a Hoya, but I will. The Brevermosa? Begonia Brevermosa. Although Begonias, Y'all I need, are to, know exactly I need, what that I need to expand my Begonia collection further, so I want to do some trading. But I'm getting, this is a tangent because I do have a Plant of the Week. Um, I do love my Vitilinoides it, because it's cooperating, but I will say my current favorite is this philodendron. I want to say it's the fat boy. Oh. And it could be a different one. Um, but it's like this philodendron that's got really, really long, narrow leaves. And I'm going to post it in the Discord for people because I don't know the actual name of it. But it's a really, really slow grower. I got it in 2019 as a single leaf and it's finally at the top of its pole and it's got leaves that are like probably almost two feet long and about an inch and a half wide and it is just it's like it's perfection right now and i know plants that are perfection never stay perfection so i'm gonna take like a dozen photos of it right now before it like (laughs) collapses or something does something mean but yeah probably one of those leaves. How dare you? I, I know. When we were caring for your plants, it was putting out a new leaf, and I was so happy for it, and then I bent it. <laughs> I was wondering what happened to that leaf. No, it was plenty. <laughs> no. Okay. Well. Yeah, this was fun. Thank you so much, Adam, of Not Do Fame, yes. for joining us. Yeah. And, and thank you for having me. And tell people where they can find you if they want more of your delicious Hoya knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious and nutritious. Tastes just like yeah, and delicious. You, yes, and you can see that you can actually taste Hoyas in the in you know on Adam's Instagram. Oh, so. we didn't even breach yeah. the licking your Hoyas. Well, well lick, we're lick, doing lick, it now. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can find me on Instagram at not dude. Uh, I know the 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 username's a little weird, but it was because I used to do macrame, so that's where the not dude comes K-N-O-T, from. K N O T, not N O T. I thought it was because of your awesome man bun. I thought that's what that was. No, see, you know, that's the other thing that I'm okay with. But then there was a moment, like, and look, I'm not gonna kink shame anybody, but there was a moment, like, people thought it was because I was a furry, and and I didn't even know what that was. Are you a furry? I got some. No, I'm not. I'm not against it, but I'm I'm not. Right. But yeah, I had some pretty horrible comments on my YouTube and I was like, okay, oh, no. well, you are not a nice human. And then I realized what people thought not. <laughs> not oh, or were they about. thinking, um, it starts with an S. What's it called? Shin- Shibari? Uh, yes. 
I'm gonna um, be honest. You came out that so fast. I'm, oh my god, that is that yes, is the actual like the not friendly tying. at work. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I have no idea what's happening right now. Okay, we'll heard Shabari you. before. Just, you can educate me later. <laughs> yep. You can yeah, find Adam at not dude on Instagram. Yeah, not at not dude <laughs> and YouTube, which I you know I still post YouTube videos, but not. It's just it's fun for me, so I don't do it like consistently. It's not my job. I just do it because I enjoy it and I enjoy plants. So there may be videos over there. Um, but then other than that, I have a podcast with two friends here in my in local to me where we talk about just Hoya. It's called Let's Talk Hoya. And then another podcast with other two friends um, called Potted Together where we talk. We mostly just chat, but there is some plant talk sometimes on that. And you, res- and you also sell, you have a shop too, right? Yes. So if you're looking for Hoya, the green plant AZ. So I think the Instagram is at thegreenplant.az. Uh, we post on there when restocks. Um, but awesome. basically, all those Hoya for sale are my personal collection and Lydia's personal collection. Awesome. That's so. Cool. I did try yeah. to go on that. Uh, I think last week sometime, and there wasn't anything posted. But I'll try and keep checking back. Yeah, you know, I feel lucky, but we do re- we do post the restocks, and it sells out like within that same day, which is uh, really nice. Wow. Yes. Awesome that sounds like a dangerous for place for me to I, like. That sounds like a dangerous place for me to hang out because I'm gonna be like, oh, I need that Hoya. I'm like, wow, I'm like learning so much about Hoyas that I didn't even know existed. Now I know there's like a variegated Crassia petilata. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now I know. Google it after this. It's so it beautiful. Exists. I'm gonna go look it up as soon as we finish up here. Yeah. But yeah, seriously, thank you so much for joining us as our very first guest on Rough Around the Hedges. It's been really wonderful like kind of getting to pick your brain about Hoyas as someone that has had as much experience growing as you have well pleasure's all mine this has has been just so much fun and I love talking about Hoyas so anytime anytime (laughs) okay awesome we will we'll we'll talk to you again in the future then hopefully yeah we'll bring you on for a pawn episode yes all right stay rough (laughs) all right bye bye take care everybody bye